안녕하세요. Good morning, good morning, my dear brothers and sisters, clergy and ambassador for peace. 안녕하십니까? Yeah, so now already, uh, you know, Ministry of Dawn, already we really settled down in uh, American movement, right? Really, it is really incredible. Today, I'd like to talk about our attitude as we reach Foundation Day from tomorrow's Anthology Book One. <clears throat> Let's just study. Foundation Day is the day God's dream is realized. You are people of hope. You should listen to the Chanukuk National Anthem every morning and evening as you go to and from work, savoring every word. If you practice the lyrics, you will become free. That is how the world of freedom, peace, unity, and happiness can be built. We need to establish this tradition. I hope that you will each do your best as blessed family members to fulfill your responsibility. We are talking not only about the restoration of Korea, but of the restoration of the world. From this year, I will make it so that the celebrations of God's Day, True Parents' Day, the Day of All Things, and Children's Day will take root in each of the nations. Since all the church celebrations are held at one place, only the leaders are able to attend, and the members do not understand the significance of those days. In each nation, regardless of how many churches the nation has, they should prepare for the celebrations of God's Day, Parents' Day, Day of All Things, and Children's Day. While preparing, all the members should unite with the church president's leadership and offer many conditions to ready themselves for the celebrations. You cannot go to heaven if you live your lives half-heartedly. We have studied True Father's teachings, explaining how Holy days, such as this God's Day, came to be established. And it is only too true that without shedding tears of blood in the background, we cannot pay indemnity to move forward. Because the world is wrong, because it has fallen, we need to rise above it. And to do so, we need to pay indemnity. This, however, is very difficult to do. We need to make Satan throw up his hands and admit defeat. Those days were established after winning victory after victory in each stage. Members need to comprehend this. From the leaders in the highest positions to the newest members, you all need to be aware that true parents have passed through a course of blood and tears to establish those days for you. If you realize this, every time you celebrated one of those days, <clears throat> you would become all the more determined in your heart to be loyal and devoted to heaven. A nation with such men members will then grow and develop. I want to spread this practice worldwide so that I can bring every one of you in front of heaven. The next celebration we will hold on a grand scale is Foundation Day. 
this Foundation Day will be our greatest event because it is the day on which we begin anew under the Heavenly Parent. On the day marking Father's Ascension, not only members of the Unification Church, but when they learn about him, all the world's 7 billion people will wish to visit Bunyang Wan, where he was laid to rest. Pilgrimage to the Holy Grounds will also become a major event. In the early days of the church, Father said that there would be an endless line of people visiting Korea. What will motivate them to come? We need to prepare so that they will come. Once we do this, there will be endless glory in heaven and eternal thanksgiving, acclamation, and praise on earth. Yeah, thank you. True mother commented that the celebrations of God's day, true parents' day, the day of all things, and children's day be held under the supervision of the church president in each country so that they will take, take root in each country. That's why every time our church celebrate major celebration, we must do everything we can to ensure that they can take root with our hearts and jongsong. You do not know how much blood, sweat, and tears were shed by our true father through unspeakable indemnity and suffering until he found and established these celebrations, celebrations one by one. From now on, we must prepare more so that our American unification movement can create a beautiful celebration by obeying true mother's word. So I really want to prepare more whenever we have this kind of a celebration day. I think we need to, uh, we need to carry on more meaningfully because in order to establish uh, this kind of the, the memorial day, our true parents pay incredible indemnity condition. True mother said that two biggest events of our church in the future will be the uh, com commemoration of Foundation Day and the commemoration of True Father's Ascension. That's why she said there will be an endless glory in heaven and eternal thanksgiving, acclamation, uh, and praise on earth through these two events. Uh, Living Divine Principle, uh, I thought yesterday we can complete the, this uh, title, but I think one or two days more, uh, some important content, the indirect dominion and the human portion of responsibility. Let's study EDP. Reason for human responsibility. God endowed human beings with a portion of responsibility for the following reason. By fulfilling their given portion of responsibility with which even God does not interfere, human beings are meant to inherit the creative nature of God and participate in God's great work of creation. God intends human beings to earn ownership and become worthy to rule over the creation as creators in their own right, just as God governs over them as their creator. This is the principal difference between human beings and the rest of creation. Father's word. 
the portion of responsibility of the seven-year course. Those of you who have joined the Unification Church up until now are very lucky people. In the Unification Church, even though you are married, you do not have conjugal relations. You live like brother and sister. For seven years, even though you sleep together naked in the same bed, you must not follow the way of the fallen world. For seven years, you are not allowed. You cannot think she is my wife or he is my husband. Even if you sleep together, it is like brother and sister. If the meat of your body is touched by such a relationship, that is like the fall. This is the course you have been walking. Do you understand this clearly? Yes. The original tradition of the Unification Church is to receive the blessing and go through the seven years course. Although a couple receive the blessing, they must first restore the heart of the brothers and sisters through the seven-year period. To that end, True Father said that even if a man and woman sleep naked, they should not have a sexual desire centered on fallen nature. True Father says that the principle is to restore the original heart of the brothers and sisters and then enter the position of a married couple. Of course, this is a quite long time ago. You need to make a certain kind of the condition you know, from the, our senior blessed family. But we need to carry on that kind of spirit all the time. Can you do that? Have you overcome the sexual desire centered on fallen nature? It's never simple matter. Really not simple matter, my brothers and sisters. Next. Why the portion of responsibility is given? Why is the portion of responsibility given? It is because God wants to give you eternal precious value and wants you to join in the holy work of creation. Without God giving the portion of responsibility, you cannot stand in the position where you can face God's love. 95% is completed by God and the remaining 5% is completed by humankind. That is how you can reach an equal position as co-creator fulfilling 100%. You can give and receive love with full qualification in front of God. In this way, you can create ideal love. Without the portion of responsibility, you could not put yourself in such a position where you could give and receive this love. That is why God set up the portion of responsibility for people so that they may be loved by God. Yes. Why did God give human beings a portion of responsibility? This is because God put humans in the position of co-creators and give them infinite and noble value so that they can rule over all things as owners of true love. To become co-creator with God, a price must be paid. To this end, the portion of responsibility was given to humans. If a human dominates all things from the same standpoint as all things, they will accuse humans. 
as heirs of God's true love, sons and daughters must stand on a higher level of love than all things. Therefore, no one can help with the human 5% portion of responsibility. The, the human 5% portion of responsibility is equivalent to receiving a driver's license for true love. Just like driving without driver's license can cause a serious accident. You must obtain a license as a true owner who can have dominion over, over all things. Therefore, the portion of responsibility that God has given to human beings is the greatest blessing he has given to them. When human beings fulfill their responsibility first, they acquire the qualification to become the owner of all things. Second, they stand in the position of a co-creator with God. And third, they become true children of God. Today's youth ministry, why does confidence come from? Very important uh, topic. Where I think many of you are very interested in that. Where does confidence come from? So let me explain. <clears throat> First of all, it comes from principle, divine principle. If you know divine principle very well, and, and then God's word very clearly, what the purpose of life, who is God, who, who I am, you will gain confidence, you know? The ignorance really destroy everything. That's why when you know, when you clearly understand divine principle and through parents' word, then you can overcome anything. You really can have the confidence. That's why studying divine principle is very important. Therefore, thoroughly equip yourself with the divine principle and the God's word. You know? That's why anyone really have confidence uh, to deliver divine principle and God's word. Anyone, okay? You have confidence because I already know divine principle very well. I already digest very well about the God's word and true parents' word. And anyone with, I have confidently and teach to teach divine principle. That's why really we need to study and over and over and again and again divine principle. That's why now we are doing one hour EDP reading condition, very important, you know. This is really, you know, to discover about the divine principle. Can you imagine how much our true parents pay the indemnity? I heard that when Reverend knew uh, right or, or, or right the divine principle, you know, according to father's order, I think she really uh, put so much effort many day and night, sleep, sleep uh, without sleeping, so much put effort. And then also he crying and crying and crying and crying because he so much appreciate the divine principle. That much divine principle is really powerful. That's why the more you read the divine principle, the more you study divine principle, the more you deliver divine principle, you can have incredible confidence. Secondly, it comes from absolute faith. It comes from the conviction that God is my unmistakable, unmistakable parents. And that 
I am a child of God. If you truly, truly believe in God, absolutely believe in God, and He is my parent, He is my father, I am a child of God. If you have the conviction of relationship between God and you as a parent and child, wow, incredible power come. You have a confidence. As long as God is my daddy, I am child of God, nothing impossible. Wow, God does exist. God is my father and my mother. I am child of God. Wow, really. You know, if you really believe, God does exist. Not just conceptual God. Absolutely believing that I treat myself as God's belonging. I am telling you, you have incredible confidence. That point, it comes from, from prayer and junction. With prayer and junction, you will receive unimaginable spiritual power and gain confidence. <clears throat> That's why. The more you do jangsung, the more you do prayer, I am telling you, you can gain spiritual strength all the time. And then whatever you do, you have incredible confidence. Number four, it comes from through preparation. The preparation period is 90% and, and the actual time to practice is just only 10%. If you prepare perfectly and offer the chongsong on top of that, heaven will surely be with you. So for me, you know, to deliver morning devotion, I prepare a lot and reading and again and again. Each word have to become alive. I need to I need to put my spirit, and then each word really become alive. So until I have that kind of confidence, until I have that kind of preparation, I cannot deliver. That's why, my brothers and sisters, it comes from through preparation. Your confidence comes from thorough preparation. Prepare again and again and again. Based on that kind of chongsa or preparation, God will help you and spiritual world help you. Number five, it comes from ability, achievement, and experience. Build up your ability in the principle and become an expert in your field. If you have achievement, you can take on any challenge. Even God cannot ignore those who have ability and achievement. Centering on God's will, my brothers and sisters. That's why I really... You need to have that kind of capability and ability and a lot of achievement and experience. Based on that, you have confidence. For me, I failure and some items, sometimes I gain some success. Become my age, I feel that, wow, whatever I decided, whatever I determined something, I feel I have confidence. God help me and spiritual will help me. And without doubt, I have confidence fulfilled, you know, when, whenever I set up our goal. Number six, it comes from you are recognized by others. Recognize the other person, praise them and encourage them. 
when a person is recognized, he has infinite self-confidence. Let Cain praise Abel and Abel praise Cain. You notice the nature of the recognition is comes from God. You always need to be recognized. You are Abel, you are Cain. So when you raising up your children, really, really, you need to uh, encourage them and praise them all the time. Of course, children have weak point. Now sometimes I need to correct them, need to be scold, need to be correct them. But this is just a small percentage. More than 95 percentage, really praise them and encourage them and recognize them, recognize your able, recognize your cane, recognize your children. Wow, then you really have confidence, right? Number seven, it comes from health. Or health, healthy mind comes from healthy body. And then also, that's why you need to always exercise. And then number, and then also control for great desires. This is an important point. You must control your desire to eat well. You can see a person's personality through whether he controls the desire to eat or not. A person who cannot control what he is cannot control his desire for sex. I am telling you, those who cannot control the eating desire cannot control sex. Do not eat too much of any food. You only need to fill 70% of your stomach. All disease comes from being overweight. The person who controls the desire to eat already seems to have spiritual authority. A person has a fixed amount of the food that he or she can consume during a lifetime. However, if you eat too much of it, if you consume it all in advance, you will die as quickly as that. So less food you eat, the, low, the longer you live. Conversely, the more you eat, the sooner you die. Because you already, you know, there is some amount of the, your, of amount of the food, uh, uh, food, your food, food already God given you. Then you already eat quickly and become overweight. Then you already, already, already you consume everything uh, in advance. That's the reason. Die earlier. And then to take control of material desires and possessions, if the desire for possession is greater than the desire to possess God, we are always subject to material possessions. Do not worry about what you will, what, what to eat and what to drink and what to wear. Those who live by faith never die from legable material. Love the will of God more than desire of the possessions. If you control the desire of possession, you will receive financial blessings. In fact, when we die, we believe that we should give back to society and the country rather than passing on our property to our descendants. So I think that when you die, you really have to die leaving nothing behind. However, even including myself, I think it is difficult to put into practice, but that is a true parent recommendation. And then control your desire for sleep. In order to control desire for sleep, 
you must first have the clear goal and vision for the will. If you live by the will of God, you can control your sleep. If your, your sense of the purpose is very blurred, you will never be able to control your sleep. If I think that I will die if I don't do this and practice it with a desperate heart, I can take control over my sleep. Taking control of your sleep doesn't mean getting less sleep. It's about focusing on what I am doing. This means that you don't fall asleep too much and don't interrupt, interrupt your work. Last point. Take control of your sexual desire even, even when a man sees a woman, he must feel as if he, see, he, he has seen her like a stone. If you cannot control your sexual desires, you will ruin your life. If you cannot control your sexual desire, you will never be a leader. If you take control of your sexual desire, the, the work of the spiritual world is always with you wherever you go. You must completely crucify. You must completely crucify your unrighteous uh, sexual desires. Every time an injustice, uh, sexual desire appear, we must groan, okay? And when, uh, whenever unrighteous sexual desire appear, you must repent in tears. In the case of a man, it is said that there is a fixed amount of the semen. Do you understand semen? The man's sperm? Again, I'm telling you. It is said that there is a fixed amount of semen that a person pour out during his lifetime. However, if you cannot control your sexual desire and waste a lot of semen by, you know, uh, what's that? Uh, masturbating, masturbating or having sex with another woman, that person die early. Because he had already used up the amount, uh, the amount of the semen that God had given him. Therefore, if you only love a beauty husband and wife while controlling your sexual desire, you will live a long life. Never waste your semen by masturbating. Masturbating is terrible. I am telling you. Really waste a lot of energy. That without controlling masturbating, this is really terrible. The already you are you no, know, already you are oh, the poor out so much. Then God is God giving you gold certain amount. Already you already already you used already. That's why the person die very quickly. That's why you need to control. The, you need to pour out just between husband husband and wife. Okay, and then how beautiful it is. That's why our young children, youth children, you are using the masturbating, you are using the cultures the, the, the about your sperm, semen, a lot. Wow, you die quickly. I am telling you, my brothers, that's why you need to control. You know, you're using too much your semen and your, your, your sperm. Already, already pour out. There is a certain amount you need to use. You already pour out everything. Then how? Then you will die very quickly. You need to control. 
just use it between husband and wife. Do not, do not look at another woman or a man. He's a very sacred one. He's a God. Sperm is God's seed. Can you imagine about that? My, uh, especially young boys and girls need to control. Masturbating is really terrible things. Killing your soul. That's why Jesus said, you just think about the woman, you are already, already sin. Your sexual thinking, you need to graduate from sexual thinking. You need to control masturbating. Where does confidence come from? In conclusion, if you control your desires well, you will gain great confidence. Thank you very much, my dear brothers and sisters. Kamsamida. Thank you so much, Dr. Young, for preparing such incredible uh, and insightful guidance for this morning. And um, we are going to be continuing to be receiving uh, inspirational testimonies, uh, living testimonies from our brothers and sisters from uh, GPA, Generation Peace Academy, Chonoguk Youth Missionaries. And today we're going to be hearing from the, the team who went to Kosovo. So mm -hmm. if the CIG missionaries, if you guys can, uh, from Kosovo, you guys can share, right? Yeah, let's welcome them from bottom of our heart. Our Samun and Nathan and Joseph and Jeffrey, they work so hard in Kosovo. Let's welcome them. Good morning, Good morning Dr. Dr. Young. Good morning, everyone. Hello, brothers and sisters. Yes, we are your overseas missionaries in Kosovo, Pristina. And my name is Simon Okama. I am a third year CIG participant. My name is Joseph Beckett, and I'm also a third year CIG participant. Good morning, everyone. My name is Nathan Im. I'm a third year CIG participant. Good morning, Dr. Young. Good morning, everyone. I'm Jeffrey, and I'm a second year participant on GPA. Yeah. And I'd just like to share my screen. So yeah, once again, um, we were very blessed to uh, go to Kosovo Pristina um, for four and a half months. It's such a blessing, such a beautiful city. And yeah, we kind of went over a little bit of introduction about uh, ourselves, but I also want to shout out to my uh, brothers who helped us out in Kosovo. Um, we were very blessed to have a young first-gen uh, members who would witness alongside with us um, Names are Emiliano, uh, Adurim, and Eris. And this is our center leader. Her name is Entela Mustafai. Uh, honestly, I think all of us can really testify to how amazing she is and how much she really uh, helped us uh, grow our hearts and be leaders in our own faith. Um, such an amazing sister. We love her so much. Um, and we have the same uh, national leader as Albania. Uh, their name is Manuela and Gabor. So for those who are wondering, where is Pristina, Kosovo? I thought it was in Africa when I first heard about it, but actually it's, it's located in Southeastern Europe in the Balkans. Uh, it's bordering countries, uh, Albania, Serbia, Macedonia, Montenegro. It is a small population of 210,000 people and it is a very young country, the second youngest country in the world. And yeah, interesting fact is that it declared its independence from Serbia in 2008. So even though it's a separate nation from Albania, 
it's the same people and uh, providentially belongs to Albania. And the majority of the population is Muslim. So I, I want to just briefly share about the history of the early movements there. Um, actually, we were very blessed to hear and uh, meet the first member. Her name was Imi Demiri in Kosovo. And she joined in 1975 when the 1975 missionaries came. And actually, she offered incredible jongsong and sacrifice. Uh, she was the one who translated the divine principle to Albanian in 1995. So uh, being with her and hearing her stories uh, was actually just uh, so profound and amazing. And something I just want to highlight was that Kosovo, the house that you see and the pictures that you see, this was like the birthplace in which all missionary work and, and pioneering activities really expanded to Albania. It all began here. And later in 2010, Ayona um, was the first member to pioneer uh, Kosovo Carp. So yeah, we were very blessed to hear her story as well. So of course we go into our mission and we have a vision. So our vision was to tune into True Parents' Boundless Heart of Salvation, or that was the internal goal that uh, we had. So yeah, we were very uh, bold and we didn't want any concepts of making our vision. But I think most importantly, what we wanted to grow and develop during our time there was to really deepen our conviction and principle and to grow in our personal relationship with God and true parents. And ultimately, our end goal is to lead people to true parents, to receive true parents and receive the blessing. And I feel that many of us were able to uh, really feel that in our hearts and accomplish and fulfill that. We also established uh, our own um, core values and a team internal goal. Actually, it was in the later half of our mission uh, we came up with this goal of loving with the truth because we know that we just we don't need just the principle but we also need truth to really win and open the hearts of our brothers and sisters and i really felt that that was something that created a lot of accountability for us as well uh, opening up our hearts and i just want to mention that actually the first core value is something that we really resonate with um, because i feel that it really encapsulates the heart of a missionary um, how much it really takes to save someone and to go beyond yourself and to um, go to that extent to really move the heart of God. So, of course, we, we witnessed and um, we had each of us had yeah, amazing opportunities to give one on one lectures and to have meetups. Actually, at one point of our mission time, I remember each member here was uh, almost giving 10 lectures a week. And yeah, it was incredibly busy, but a, such a fulfilling experience um, because the majority of the young people do speak English. So we had that opportunity to give lectures and to plug them into our events. So I just wanted to share uh, some of the witnessing activities we did, uh, such as visiting universities, involving guests um, on Women's Day and yeah, doing different outings with them. Uh, we were very blessed to, to yeah, join the one-day workshop and join the three-day national workshop in Millet. And something that was actually so exciting was we had guests who recently received two parents and we were able to invite them on a Sunday service and uh, join us in celebrating two parents' birthday with the Heavenly Parents Holy Community. Um, so that was really an amazing experience. Um, and we also involved the guests with UPF activities 
such as Mother's Memoirs Promotion, uh, Peace Road, and some of our guests started to begin reading Father's autobiography. So throughout our time, I truly believe that, you know, God has prepared, heaven has prepared so much for us. And these are some of our witnessing accomplishments. And I know these are like, even for us, it's a pretty amazing numbers, but I guess behind all of this, uh, more importantly, I want to share about uh, our internal breakthrough and how I feel that was one of our greatest victories. And I really feel that it was the accumulation of everyone's junk song. So actually every week what we did was uh, we did Jericho walks uh, around the university. And um, something we strove for every week was to have each member give six lectures. And uh, as you can see in the picture in the bottom, it was pretty cold when we arrived. Uh, we arrived in November. And yes, yeah, winter in Kosovo, it's uh, yeah, snowing, it's freezing. But still, we, we offer this kind of jung sung, um, uh, something we called bring your child back home. And that was something when we committed to our goals and we would go out witnessing and we wouldn't come back until we brought someone to the center. And sometimes I would go on for hours, but I think that kind of heart of, of wanting to go out um, no matter what, uh, something that really moved uh, the heart of heaven, I believe, and could really break through. And something we, we also did was um, having like these sharings uh, with one another. I think there was a point in our mission where it was hard to share what was really on our hearts and what was not being said. But I felt that through those sharings with one another, it created a stronger sense of brotherhood and um, also uniting with the, the young first gen members there too, because we did have a challenge of uh, overcoming our cultural differences or whatever it may be. But I feel that through that unity and through our Jung song, uh, really led to um, amazing victories and breakthroughs. So these are some pictures of the, the guests who we were to receive second advent. Um, the one on the top left, um, that's, uh, yeah, my spiritual son, uh, Kasudio Parami. And um, actually each of uh, the members here were able to have guests to receive uh, second advent. Um, but I want to give the space to allow my brothers to share their, their personal testimonies. So I'm going to hand it off to my brother, Joseph. Hey, Dr. Young, good morning, everyone. <clears throat> so this is going to be a testimony about uh, developing my relationship with your parents. Uh, going into this year, I was actually questioning a lot of things in my relationship with your parents. I was questioning what it means to really have a relationship with your parents and why I need a relationship with true parents, even to the point where I wasn't so sure um, why I wanted to be part of this movement. Um, so I'm really grateful that I had the opportunity to go overseas because I think without that, I wouldn't be able to resolve these things within myself. Um, but I realized that I can't really understand who true parents are without um, studying and understanding principle. So I had the opportunity to study a lot and lecture a lot, and especially through lecturing um, parts like the fall and mission of Messiah, it's like a consistent guest um, became more and more clear. Our principle became more and more clear. And I realized that principle actually explains clearly uh, why we need you parents, um, especially also like praying about why I need you parents and why my guest needs you parents. Uh, I realized that um, leading God's children to two parents is God's um, main concern. And I think 
through this experience, it laid a foundation for me to grow a more authentic and lasting relationship with your parents, as well as to continue witnessing. Uh, so thank you. I'm going to pass it to Nathan. Joseph. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Dr. Young. Uh, yeah, for my testimony, I wanted to be able to share one of the most meaningful experiences being a missionary in Kosovo, uh, understanding God's personal touch for my experiences with my guests and raising them, but also at the same time, how I saw God's personal touch in my life too, um, in raising one of my first guests that I've had in Kosovo. And I didn't want to just teach principle or teaching divine principle was not an end goal in itself, but really having them deeply understand their value and why they're loved by God. Um, and I think just taking the time to understand their kind of highlights, but also the challenges and the struggles that they've faced in their life. And through that, I was able to really empathize as God would and um, gave me greater conviction into understanding why this truth or why principle will really be able to lead them to the, where they want to go in life. And at the same time, why it will create the solutions that they really are searching for. And it gave me a lot of strength, a lot of hope for the lives of the people that I was trying to raise up, God's children. Um, and I think just like seeing that transformation in someone's life, I think it helped me to, I think going back to America, kind of commit to this witnessing lifestyle and realizing that I can never really live my life the same way. And I mean that in the most like best way possible of how I can continue to um raise the brothers and sisters around me going home um, to really know that they're valued and they're loved by God. And I think it came because of this experience and how deeply um, God needs me and trusts me. So, yeah, thank you so much for this experience. Really grateful. I'm going to pass it off to my brother, Jeffrey. Hello, good morning. Good morning, Dr. Young. I'm going to be talking about how I experienced this breakthrough in my relationship with God, realizing that he can trust me as well. Uh, previously, it was hard to say that I had a life of faith or although I did believe in God, it was like hard to believe. Yeah, God can trust someone like me who has done so much and probably has hurt God in so many ways, even my own parents, too. Um, but eventually, over time, with help guidance from my sister figures, my brothers here, too, um, I was able to claim victories and say that actually God can work through me and God can use me uniquely um, in many ways that other people can't. So taking pride in my identity, taking pride in who I was who I am, who I can be. Um, yeah, that gave me so much strength and empowerment to feel unconditional love and even pride and as a missionary. And yeah, now I can move forward so happy. And actually, although it's still a growing relationship, just knowing that God can not just love me, but truly trust me in what we do and feeling empowered in our movement as well. And yeah, it's really beautiful. Although I may feel like a small member or insignificant, God can still use me uniquely in many ways right um, so i've always felt that was a powerful point i'm really grateful for this experience um, so thank you yeah my brother so, i'll just very, very briefly share my testimony um so in the beginning of my mission time i made a pledge to god and to your parents i pledged that you know whatever difficulty i'll face or no matter how low i'm placed in i will you know absolutely walk the path of true love and go beyond myself to love. So I want to talk about a brother who I met. Um, yeah, my spiritual son, his name is Kastriot Barami. And I think through him, I could really feel 
you know, God's heart of urgency and desperation and actually how much he trusts me. Um, so he, I met him in the beginning of my mission time and yeah, it was the first guest that I experienced such profound joy with um, through sharing the principle and um, teaching almost the entire, entire different principle to him and seeing how he opened up and how he was slowly being transformed was such a new joy to me. But along with that came with so much challenges too, because I felt at one point um, I was, I started to realize, you know, how much it requires to give rebirth to someone, how much it actually takes to really save someone. And there was a, a time when I could, I couldn't get out of the cycle of, um, you know, self-accusation or feeling that I wasn't good enough or feeling that I wasn't giving enough. And I remember praying many nights and I remember that God came to me and told me that, like, you know, I trust in you and I believe in you. And if not you, then like, who will love my children? And it was that kind of experience in which I felt that, wow, I'm so needed by God and your parents and that God and your parents really trust me to fulfill my portion of responsibility because without me, God can't love his children. And I really felt that deeply. Um, so moving forward, um, I, I really want to commit myself to continue witnessing here in America and DMV, CARP, um, to really reignite the, the heart of witnessing in America. And uh, Dr. Young, like what you shared to us at East Garden, uh, becoming missionaries for eternity. So I really want to keep that kind of pledge and commitment to myself or to my heart. And yeah, I just, I just want to share that like throughout my, my children group mission time, I really feel that the greatest gift that we can give to God's children is true parents and is the principal. So, yeah, we're so grateful, and we just want to say thank you. Father David. Thank you so much, our Kosovo missionary, CIG missionary, Emun, Nathan, Joseph, Jeffrey. Thank you so much for your powerful sharing. Really, your sharing really touch our heart, move our heart so much. I'm really proud of you. Really, God bless you. Thank you, my our brothers, our boys, our second generation. 감사합니다.